0: Bsmilahi Rahman Rahim Alhamdulillah Hirabil Aalameen Osalatu Wasalamu Allah Nabina Muhammad Wa'ala Alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een amabat. And today inshallah ta'ala I and mean, we have I and mean, gathered here in our pursuit I mean, to seek knowledge. Sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit ourselves to benefit our families I and mean, our brothers you know, our sisters our community and for those I mean, who constantly attend constantly attend the durus I and mean, you find in yourselves a sweetness or a a desire I and mean, for knowledge Likewise, when you come across the different fawa'id benefits that we learn from the Quran and the Sunnah, the speech of the companions and the ulama, and you find that when you reach those fawa'id, it gives you a sweetness in your heart, and a taste that you only find in your heart and that is the love only for this deen, the love for learning, and the love for wanting to implement as much as we can the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, from our usul, our belief of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah regarding the Quran is that the Quran is the speech of Allah Azza wa Jal ghayru makhluq. The Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that it is not created. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke those words you find in the Quran to His noble angel Jibril and he spoke it. To Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam exactly the same way he heard it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so therefore the Quran is not like the speech of the people the Quran is not like the speech and it is a speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in it there is great benefit and no one can imitate it. Before us, we will and we'll discuss certain benefits around Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha, as most of you probably know, is the greatest chapter in the Quran, and that is the direct saying, From the Prophet. And he said to one of his companions, I shall teach you the greatest chapter in the Quran before you leave, leave the masjid. And as they were leaving the masjid, this companion he reminded the Prophet and he regarding that which he promised him. So the Prophet and he recited Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen and indicating Suratul Al-Fatiha that it is the seven oft-repeated verses so therefore we see from the Kalam of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Suratul fatiha is the greatest surah in the Quran and upon hearing this a Muslim should strive to learn as much as possible from that surah. As because due to the fact that it is a surah which is compulsory upon us to recite in every unit of our prayer, every rakah, that we need to read it and ponder over it Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from his great and perfect wisdom, he made this an obligation upon us for a great benefit to his slaves. For a great benefit for us. Surah Al-Fatiha is the first chapter that you find when you open the Mus'haf. When you open the Quran, it is the first chapter that is, is written in it. And the scholars mentioned this is due to its great importance. And the Sahabas agreed, they were full agreement that Suratul fatiha should be written as the first surah in the Qur'an. When Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, and he commanded that the Qur'an be compiled to be sent out to the different cities, there were agreement upon the companions that Surah Al-Fatiha should be the first surah written in the Qur'an. But being the first surah which is written in the Qur'an, it does not mean that it was the first surah that was revealed to our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It was not. And it was not revealed as the first surah. The first revelation that was revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as Sheikh mentions is the first five ayat of Suratul Al-Alaq. The first five ayat of Surat Al-Alaq, they are the first verses of the Quran that was revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's when he was in the cave of Hira. And angel Jibreel he came to him and embraced him tightly and on the third when he embraced him tightly he said to him recite and you all read and he said "Ma ana I cannot read I'm not from I'm not one from those who can read and recite so on the third time the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he recited these verses. And by this, the scholars mentioned that this is the point where he became a prophet. This is the point where he became a prophet. And meaning this is the point where he re- received the first revelation. Thus, at that point, he became a, a prophet. And the five verses of Surah Al-Alaq Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says, اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق اقرأ ورأبك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم These are the first five verses. Then Sheikh the Amin, he mentions and he says that after a while, to admit, after the five verses which was revealed to him, there was no revelation that was revealed to him for a certain period of time. Then the second set of verses that was revealed to him is the first five verses of Surah Al-Mudathir. Surah Al-Mudathir. Is that the second five verses that was revealed to the prophet sallallahu alaihi and they say by this he became a messenger so when he received the first five verses he received revelation from allah but he was not commanded to call his people out in the open but when he received the other ayat he was commanded I need to openly call to al-islam so therefore at that point he became a messenger. A messenger. And Shaykh Ibn Amin he mentions and is a fidah around this that the first revelation of the Quran was sent down in Laylatul Qadr in the month of Ramadan. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Laylatul Qadr. Indeed, we have revealed it in the night of Qadr. And that does not mean that the whole Qur'an was revealed on Laylatul Qadr, but that the start, the beginning of the revelation of the Qur'an was on Laylatul Qadr. And Sheikh Ibn Thaymeen, he mentions that the Prophet wasallam, he was 40 years old when he received the first revelation. And Ibn Abbas, he mentioned that this is the age that a man perfects his understanding a man perfects and his understanding and his and the interpretation of things etc etc in his dunya a person is wiser when he reaches that age of 40 the time of maturity and he's the best time so therefore I and mean we see the wisdom from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and and He's sending down His revelation to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now the scholars, when they discuss the principles of Tafsir, the principles of the Tafsir, the explanation of the Quran, they mention a certain point which is they classify the different surahs in the Quran according to be makkiyah or madaniyah. And there is a great benefit in this. But what is a surah which is classified as makkiyah, and what is the definition of a surah that is classified as madaniyah? So a surah which is classified as, madani- as makkiyah is a surah that was revealed to the Prophet وسلم, before he made Hijrah to Al-Madinah. So that time period before the Hijrah ni those Surahs as classified as makkiyah And the Surahs that are classified as Madaniya they are the Surahs that were there. he migrated to Al-Madinah. And the benefit of this are numerous from them something which the scholars need when they are deriving rulings from the ayat and that is to know which ayat can be a nasikh, or mansukh, which ayat are abrogated and which ayat abrogate the other verses because sometimes there are certain any verses that was revealed early on, and there were certain rulings that were mentioned in there, and there was other ayat that was revealed later on, and so of the ruling changed, or there was a certain change in that ruling. So therefore, by the scholars knowing which verses was revealed earlier than the other, conditions are met, and the conditions that. Indicate that a certain verse, abrogate another verse, then they use that. And of course, the ruling is based on what is on the verse which, which abrogates I mean, a previous verse. And Surah fatiha is a surah which some of the scholars mention it was revealed I and mean, before the Hijrah, that it was Makkiya. And others say that he was revealed after the Hijrah. And he Madaniya, but the aqrab, the most correct of opinion, and inshallah, is that it was revealed and before the hijrah, that it was a surah which is, or is a surah which is Makiya. From the other benefits as well of knowing which surahs are Makiya or Madaniya, Sheikh Muthaymin, he mentions, I need to know the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and also that this, knowing this, nurtures the du'aat, nurtures the callers to Allah by knowing which affairs were revealed first and which affairs were revealed later on. Because indeed you find many groups calling to many things. But a person, a dai, a caller to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowing which verses were the early verses, He knows what was more important That was revealed early on. So therefore in his manhaj and da'wah, he starts with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began with. At the first point of revelation, that is with tawheed. Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next, knowing about the name, Surah Al-Fatiha has many names of the scholars have mentioned. uh, Some of the scholars have counted them and they say that it reaches 12 names that they've uh, seen from the scholars, from the tabi'een, from the companions, from the hadith, that basically mentions a certain name, a certain description for Surah Al-Fatiha. And from them, of course, is Al-Fatiha, the opening. They say it was called Al-Fatiha because it is the first surah when you open the Qur'an. The first surah that is written in the Qur'an. And likewise, it is the first surah that you open your recitation, you begin your recitation with when you are in your salah. Likewise, a name of Surah Al-Fatiha is Um Al-Kitab, the mother of the book, meaning the mother of the Qur'an. And also, Um Al-Quran, Al-Hamd, the praise, because it starts with Alhamdulillah, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was referred to as Al-Hamd. as Salah, as in the hadith, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, that he has divided the salah between him and his slaves in half. And then the hadith continues and it mentions and the ayat of Suratul Fatiha. And it indicating that Suratul Fatiha is known as well as As-Salah. Also As-Shifa, the Q. Suratul Fatiha is known as the Q as it is implemented to cure all types of diseases, diseases of the body and the diseases of the heart. And we have the hadith of the companions that when they, a group of the companions, they settled near a group of the Arab and they were non-Muslims, that group of the Arabs. And they asked them to take them as guests. You need to feed them. Because they were on a travel to feed them and to look after them, provide food and drink for them. They refused. Then their leader got stung by a scorpion and he was ill. So one of them, they came to the companions and they asked them, Does any of you have a ruqya? A ruqya, I need to recite upon him. Therefore, one of the companions, and he said, yes, but with the condition that you give us X amount of, and his sheep, ghanam. Then he went and he recited Suratul fatiha over him, and he was cured by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they were given, and he, the sheep that they asked for. But the companions had a doubt, is this allowed that we did here? Is it allowed for us to take a, a reward from it, a payment from it? So therefore they said, We will not use anything from the sheep, we will not use them, we won't sacrifice them or eat them until we reach the Prophet وسلم, and we ask him regarding this affair. And when they reached the Prophet, وسلم, and he mentioned to them that it is a ruqyah, ruqyah he gave his approval for what they did and he said to them divide it amongst yourselves and also give me a portion for me make and he leave a portion and he, for me In this hadith it mentions one of the names of surah al-fatiha which is ar ruqya ar ruqya as mentioned by the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the scholars mention a benefit here why did the prophet sallallahu Ask for a share I mean, from it. Because the origin is that if a person does ruqya upon a person and they are given something in return, that that is his haqq, that is his to do what he pleases with. Here, the scholars mention is I need to further emphasize that what they did was permissible, was halal to eat from it. So therefore, asking for a portion, means meaning... I mean, not commanding them, but asking them for a portion of it further increases the fact that this is halal what they did, and it is permissible to eat from it, and to use it, and to benefit from it. Today is one of the benefits only that the scholars mentioned, And also from the names of Surah Al-Fatiha, it was called uh, Asasul quran the foundation of the Quran, Al-Waqiyah and Al-Kafiyah. And these, you can find in Tafsir ibn Kathir, in the uh, explanation of Surah Al-Fatiha, he mentions a list of these, these names. Now, the next mas'ala that we will look at is the number of verses of Surah Al-Fatiha. There is agreement upon the, uh, amongst the scholars and the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that Surah Al-Fatiha is seven verses. Seven verses. Ijma, consensus amongst the companions, consensus amongst the scholars of Al-Islam. But there is one difference of opinion, and that is, is bismillahir rahmanir rahman rahim a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha or not? This is something which the scholars have differed on. Is Bismillah Rahmanir rahim a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha? Now, they all agree it's seven. Now those who say, and that is Imam al-Shafi'i, who said that surat, uh, the, the Basmala, meaning the saying of bismillahir rahmanir rahman rahim Said that this is a verse from Surah Al Fatiha. So, therefore, in the Mus'haf of those who say that the Basmala is a verse from Surah Al Fatiha, you'll find number one comes after the Basmala. They put number one after the Basmala. If, so, if the Basmala is placed as one the verse number one, they add together the last two. سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ عَلَيْهِمْ مَرَضَّالِينَ So this is one and a verse. This is verse number seven. Whilst those who say that the Basmala is not a verse from Suratul Al-Fatiha, for them in the Mus'haf, after Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, that is when they put number one. That'll be number one. So, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, first verse. al Rahman al Rahim, second verse. Malikiyaw midin, third verse. Iyakana Abuduwa Iyakana Sta'in, fourth verse. Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim, fifth verse. Sirat al Ladina and Amta alayhim, sixth verse. غير المغضوب عليهم مرضالين، the seventh verse. Whilst in the previous uh, opinion of Imam Al-Shafi'i, at the end غير المغضوب عليهم المستقيم الذين أنعمت عليهم، so from السراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم that is considered to be the seventh verse. So it's a longer verse, and in his opinion. And and those who follow his opinion. Now regarding the Basmala, there's a few Masail which revolves around it. Uh, First and foremost, if you open the Mus'haf, you'll see the Basmala at the top of every surah. You will find it at the top of every surah except Surah At-Tawbah. Surah At-Tawbah Surah number 9. So Surah Al-Tawbah does not have the basmala at, this, at the top. It doesn't have Bismillah rahmanir rahim straight away, and he directly you start the recitation. And that is with the verse, بَرَاءَتُمْ minallahi wa ilal minal mushrikeen. So here, there is agreement among the, amongst the companions. There were agreement among the companions. That the Basmala should be written at the start of every, every chapter in the Qur'an except Surah at Except Surah at And another thing regarding the Basmala is that you will find the Basmala, a verse within Surah An-Naml. Surah An-Naml, verse number thirty. It says, Innahu min wa Rahim. Indeed it is from Sulaiman and indeed it is Bismillahi Rahman Rahim. So here, agreement that the, the Basmala is a verse from Suratul Namla. And agreement that it is not to be written at the start of Suratul tawbah Agreement that it should be written at the start, meaning above all of the other surahs of the Qur'an. Any agreement upon this? But it's just the difference of opinion comes is if the Basmalah is a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha or not. The most correct of opinion is that it is not any, a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha. As the scholars mention a hadith, and in the hadith that we mentioned previously, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in hadith Qudsi that He has divided the salah, meaning Suratul Fatiha, in halves and in twos between Him and His slave. And when He mentions the verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of Suratul Fatiha, the first verse He mentions in this hadith Qudsi is Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. He does not mention. And the basmala. So the scholars mention and he based on this, and the basmala is not a chapter, it is not afwan, a verse from Suratul Fatiha. Based on this, and the hadith Qudsi, and likewise as well, there's another hadith as well that indicate that. Now for those who say that the basmala is a verse from Surat al-Fatiha, there is a fiqh issue that is uh, applied. So therefore, for those and his scholars who say that the Basmalah is a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha, when they're reciting Surah Al-Fatiha out loud in the Salah, they say that the Basmalah should be recited out loud. Meaning the Imam, he recites out loud, bismillahir rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen until the end of the chapter and they say that this is compulsory if it is not recited by a person when they are and reciting Surah Al-Fatiha in the Quran they say therefore their salah is not accepted it's not accepted because why they missed the verse and those scholars who say that the Basmala is not a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha so therefore, and he went. They say when a person, the imam, and he recites, for example, in the salat that is out loud, leaving the people behind him, he does not recite Bismillah,ir-Rahman,ir-Rahim out loud, but they say it and he silently to themselves, because they say it is not a verse from Suratul Fatiha. And there's narrations from the companions as well uh, that they said that we prayed behind Abu Bakr and Uthman, and they never recited the basmala out loud. Some of the scholars I mean, that bring these narrations, I and mean, from the companions, further affirming that the basmala is not a chapter, it's not a verse from I any mean, surah al-fatiha. So this is the I mean, masail. Some of the fiqh issues that is associated to this now it does not put any doubt in us regarding the Quran because the scholars say this difference of opinion does not negate anything from the Quran and it's not adding anything from the Quran the Basmala is at the start of every surah in the Quran except an it's to Tauba. tawbah so therefore this is not a uh, a difference of opinion that indicates there is something missing or added to the Qur'an. Yeah, this is not one of those, an Masail. This is not one of those doubts that a person and he should put in themselves. Of some of the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha has been mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim, that the Prophet ﷺ said, لا صلاة لمن لم يقرأ بفاتحة الكتاب. There is no salah for one who does not recite the Fatiha of the Kitab, of the book, the Qur'an. So this is a virtue of Suratul Al-Fatiha, that it is a pillar in our salah, a pillar obligated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the salah of a person is not accepted unless they recite Surah Al-Fatiha. Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan, he mentions, and if for those who do not know Surah Al-Fatiha yet, therefore they recite what they can from any other surah that they, may have, they might have learned, or those verses, a few verses that they might have learned if they have not learned Surah Al-Fatiha yet. And for those who do not know how to recite Surat Al-Fatiha and no other verses in the Quran, for example, those who are new to Al-Islam, as the hadith of, of the Prophet mentions, that they say, Al-hamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, and ila ilaha illallah. So whenever a person accepts Islam, teach them this, first and foremost, do not go and burden them and put pressure upon them that they need to learn and memorize Suratul Fatiha now because we are praying in fifteen minutes. It is not your salah won't be accepted without Suratul Fatiha. Okay, just teach them those simple words. And then as they go along, honey they can learn Surat the meaning of Suratul Fatiha. They learn how to recite Suratul Fatiha as the best of their ability. It does not have to be with the best of Tajweed yeah, Along, they are reciting it in a manner which is clear, which is okay, which is acceptable. And if the letters are pronounced, the words are pronounced in a manner which is accepted, then later on they can and he learn the ahkam of tajweed if they wish to purify their recitation any further. And also we find in Sahih Abu Khari, and Abi Sa'id ibn al-Mu'alla, anhu, that he said that he was in the masjid with the Prophet And the Prophet وسلم, said to him, لا أعلم سورة هي في القرآن أن تخرج من المسجد. I shall teach you. A surah which is from the greatest of the surahs in the Qur'an before you leave the masjid. And likewise, as mentioned before, and as they were leaving the masjid, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, as sab Al-Mathani, and indicating Surah Al-Fatiha. And here, in this hadith as well, he mentions another name of Surah Al-Fatiha, which is as sab Al-Mathani. The seven oft-repeated verses. The seven oft-repeated verses. And some of the scholars mention that is because they are recited, they are repeated in every rakah of our salah. That's why it's called the seven oft-repeated verses. And likewise, uh, al hafiz I and mean, he mentioned, I mean, regarding this hadith, also Allah subhanahu wa taala says in the Quran, "Walaqat ateena min mathani And we have given you, and seven al-mathani. And they say here that the seven min al-mathani that is mentioned in this verse is Suratul Fatiha. It is the seven, I and mean, he oft repeated I any mean, verses. Likewise, we have a hadith in Sahih Muslim and also in Nasa'i from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu that he said that Jibreel was sitting next to the Prophet sallallahu and they heard a, a voice and they heard a sound coming from above. فَرَفَعَ رَأْسًا So the Prophet ﷺ and he raised his head and looked up. فَقَالْ هَذَا بَابٌ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فُتِحَ الْيَوْمِ وَلَمْ يُفْتَحْ قَطْ إِلَى الْيَوْمِ And it was said that this is a door to the heavens. It has been opened today and it has not been opened before, previously. فَنَزَلَ مِنْهُمْ مَلَكَ And an angel descended. فَقَالَ هَذَا مَلَكٌّ نَزَلَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ لَمْ يُنزِلْ قَطٌ إِلَّا الْيَوْمِ So that this angel that descended, there's an angel that it was the first time that that angel descended upon the earth. And previous to this, he had not. So he gave the salam. فَقَالَ abshir bi nurayn utita huma wa lam yu'tahuma glad tidings and for the two and the new rain the two lights that you have been given and no prophet before you has been given fatihatul kitab wa khawatim suratul baqara and the surah al fatiha and the end verses of Surah Al Baqarah. Here again, and he proving the virtue of Surah Al Fatiha in the manner that it was revealed, and in the manner that an angel 아니, descended, informing the Prophet and regarding 아니, this. And likewise, and we have a hadith. <laughs> which mentions that Suratul Al-Fatiha is a verse that has been revealed and nothing like it has been revealed before from the other scriptures. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said to obey أَن لَا تَخْرُجْ مِنَ الْمَسْجِدِ حَتَّى تَعْلَمْ وَلَا injil وَلَا furqan mithlaha he said do not leave the masjid until you know a chapter and a surah which allah has never revealed it's like in the torah and in the injil and in the torah the book of the jews the injil the gospel a book of the Christians, and he thought the, the Gospel that was sent down with Isa, and he Salam, and he said to him, كيف تقرأ إذا افتتحت? What do you recite, I and mean, he when you open your recitation, and and, he, and it was and he mentioned, he said, فقرأت الحمد لله رب and indicating Surah Al-Fatiha, again proving the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha, that it is a special chapter, it has not been revealed before. It's like it has never been revealed before in the previous scriptures. Further, again, and he's seeing our ni'mah, the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on this ummah, and further, as well, for us realizing the importance of this surah and that it should be a surah that is dear to our hearts in learning it and reciting it and implementing it. Now, we have some kalam of Ibn al-Qayyim, ta'ala, and some of the benefits that he mentioned regarding Surah Al-Fatiha. And he has a book which he wrote, Madarij Al-Saliqin, a very important book for those who are able to, and those who want to learn further and further and the deeper meanings of Surah Al-Fatiha. He mentioned that Surah Al-Fatiha comprises of the three categories of Tawheed. Tawheed al-Rububiyya and Tawheed al-Uluhiyya and Tawheed al-Asmaa wa-Sifat. So Surah Al-Fatiha itself, it comprises of the three categories of Tawheed. and the three categories of Tawheed is mentioned in it. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, the first verse Praise is, due, praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah, Lord of all creation. Here is Tawheed ar rububiyyah The oneness of Allah's Lordship. and The Lord of all creation. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The most merciful, the bestower of mercy. Here, Two of the names of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has mentioned, two of the names of Allah is mentioned, two of his names, two of his beautiful names which indicate his mercy, and here indicates the Tawheed of Al-Asma wa Sifat, the Tawheed of Al-Asma wa Sifat, the oneness of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala regarding his beautiful names and perfect attributes. Then, Ya Kana Abudu, and the next, next verse is Maliki After that, Ya Kana Abudu wa Ya Kana only you we worship and only you we seek help from. And here, they mention that this indicates Tawheed al Uluhiya and Tawheed al Ibadah, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and regarding His uh, worship. Meaning that the slaves, his servants, his creations should only worship him and he alone. Likewise, Ibn al Rahimullahu ta'ala he mentions that it Suratul Fatiha it comprises of cure I and mean for the heart and cure for the body. Meaning that Suratul Fatiha, whatever it contains. It is cure for the body, and it is cure for the hearts. And he said of the shifa al qulub, the cure for the hearts in the most complete and perfect way. And he said that the corruption of the hearts are based, or comes from two things. Fasad al-ilm wa Fasadul al-qasd. The corruption of knowledge. I and mean, the per- the knowledge that the person has is corrupted, it's not pure knowledge. It is not correct knowledge. Wa al Qasd. A corrupt intention. So he says the corruption of the heart goes back to these two things. And these two things they lead to two great I mean, diseases of the heart. And he says. Misguidance and anger, hate, hatred. He said the misguidance is the result of the corruption of knowledge. The knowledge that a person learns or knows is corrupted, it's innovation, it's false, it's bid'ah, it's shirk that leads to misguidance. the person being misguided and the hatred is the result of his the corruption of his intention and in his actions is the corrupt uh, the corruption of his intention and in regarding his actions and he says that these two diseases These two diseases and they fall under the all the other diseases. All the other diseases of the hearts, and they fall into this. They are included in this. (laughs) And he says that the verse in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Idnina Sirat al guide us to the straight path. So this comprises of the cure from the illness of misguidance so this verse guides us to the straight path that true path that path of true knowledge and righteous actions so this verse here is the cure for I any mean, diseases of misguidance the diseases of misguidance because that surah, that verse is based on that true guidance that a person should seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says that this this su'al and this question for hidayah, this question asking for guidance, guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the question which is the most preceding of questions, the highest of the questions, that a person and he should supplicate, a person should ask. Is this the most important of the questions, and you being guided or asking Allah to guide you to that straight path, that path of guidance, that path of his Tawheed. And he said that this question upon uh, this surah has been made compulsory upon us in every Salah and the benefit that we ponder and ponder and ponder and the over that verse but indeed it is a verse which the whole of mankind needs those who are misguided that you ask of it for you to be guided And those who are upon the path and have been guided, they ask for it for them to remain firm upon the path, the path I mean, of guidance, the path of knowledge I mean, and action. Then the uh, Imam Muqayyib he said, <inaudible> I And mean, this is. The cure for the illness of the corrupt intentions. I and mean the corrupt intentions, the corrupt I and mean the hearts. This is one of the greatest verses. I and mean for the cure of the heart. As a person is Allah that only you I worship in a manner which There is a type of negation and affirmation, meaning only you, Allah. I do not worship anything else besides you. The scholars mentioned this is a great verse, a verse which necessitate knowledge, which necessitate knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and necessitate any implementing, any actions. And he continues and he says, as for the cure for the body I and mean, the physical ailments, the diseases. And he said, I will mention some of the hadith has been mentioned in the sunnah. I and mean, need to prove or to show that Suratul Al-Fatiha is a cure for the disease. And from the hadith that we've listened to previously, I and mean, he mentions I and mean, the hadith of, of Abi Sa'id Al-Khudri. And they said that they settled I and mean, they camped next to a, uh, a group of the Arabs and they didn't want to take them in as their guests. And one of their leaders got stung I and mean, by a scorpion. Here we find that the companions recited Surat Al-Fatiha upon him and he was cured. And he was cured by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore... Surah Al-Fatiha and it is a cure for the diseases of the body. Things that affect and the body. It is a ruqya that can be recited and it, over a person. Either the person recites it over himself and he, or others. Like the parents, they can recite it over their children when they fall ill. And recite Surah Al-Fatiha with the intention of it being a shifa. For them and that the cure is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here in this hadith I and mean, a benefit that Ibn Qayyim mentions is that here we find that the person who was stung by a scorpion that only Surah Al-Fatiha was enough to cure him totally from, from it, from his pain I and mean, from that poison that was in his body. Surah Al-Fatiha alone, it was sufficient. And he said that perhaps as well that it was the best cure, it is the best I any mean, cure that he could have been given. The best cure that he could have received. The best cure I mean, that he could have received. So indeed in this, there are many things and that we need to ponder and see the greatness of uh, anis al-Fatiha. And then the other kalam and the other sayings, and uh, from uh, the scholar, rahm uh, taala al-Qayyim, and that he is mentioned uh, regarding it, and from it is that Surah al-Fatiha comprises of all of the meanings of the previous scriptures, that the Surah Al-Fatiha is a summary and its verses comprises of all of the meanings that are in the Quran, and all of the meanings that have come previously from the previous and the scriptures. And by way of being a general indication in the Surah, that those other uh, scriptures, their verses that was revealed, that they will fall into and in one of the general categories of one of those surahs and also we have from shaykh al-islam mutaymiya ta'ala and a nice kalam from him he said I pondered in what could be the best dua I pondered what could be the best dua I need a person can say he said, I thought about it being an aid, asking for aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reaching his pleasure. Asking Allah's aid to reach his pleasure. Meaning that Allah is pleased with a person. ثُمَّ He says, then I saw it in Surah Al-Fatiha. I saw, and that du'a is already mentioned in Surah Al-Fatiha, and he it says it's in the verse, wa Only you we worship, and only you we seek help from. So in here, in this verse, we're asking Allah for aid upon his worship, to be firm upon his worship, to be consistent upon his worship, because we cannot worship Allah Azza wa in the manner that is befitting for him except by his aid, except by his mercy. If a person thinks that it's due to my knowledge, it's due to my own understanding, my own determination alone, then the person has erred. A grave error. So you must ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you and to aid you in worshipping him alone. And that worship, that it be done in the way which he is pleasing, following the example of Prophet Muhammad. By thus, you've achieved need, the pleasure of Allah جل, if you worship him alone and you follow the example of his last messenger, the seal, and of the prophets. And not the kalam, but due to the time, we will, and inshallah, suffice with this today. I and mean, the lesson today was just to mention certain and important points regarding Surah al Fatiha, some of its virtues, and some of the kalam of Ibn Qayyim and regarding it. We did not go through its tafsir and step by step, for indeed, an hour is not sufficient. Ibn al-Qayyam wrote volumes and volumes on it. So indeed, it is a chapter that requires lessons and lessons. I need to show the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the greatness of this surah. And in it's explanation, it's tafsir. And I advise, my brothers and sisters, I need to go. If you do not know the meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha, I need the meaning. For example, your language is English you don't know the meaning of it in English, let your first step be to go to the, and the correct translation of the Quran, a translation of its meanings of those verses, and learn them and memorize them. Then in your salah, when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are reciting Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, you have in your mind that you are saying, all praise is due to Allah, Lord of all the words, worlds, the Lord of all creation. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most merciful, the bestower of mercy. Maliki the owner and in the king of the day of judgment. Iyaka Na'budu wa Only you we worship and only you we seek aid from guide us to the straight path that path brothers and sisters that we mentioned is very important ponder upon this verse ponder over this verse guide us to the straight path but which path do we want that path is clarified after this verse the path of those upon whom you have bestowed your favor That is the path of the prophets and the messengers, the path of the righteous, the path of those who held on to the teachings of their messenger. Not the path of those who have earned your anger, and not the path of those who have gone astray. The path of those who have earned Allah's they knew something was correct and they were against it. They went against true knowledge. They knew, but they did not implement it. They tried to change it. They tried to avoid it. So therefore, they earned Allah's anger. And those who were astray are those who did not have a strong strong foundation in knowledge. They did not have a strong criteria to preserve their revelation, the sayings of their prophets. So therefore, They wanted to do many actions, good deeds, actions of worship with the intention that they are gaining closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so they invented along the way. So therefore they were misguided due to their lack of knowledge and due to them not returning back to knowledge to make sure that their actions confirm to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has revealed. So we will end with this and again encourage any of the brothers to learn any surah al-Fatiha. When you finish learning its meanings, then go through some of the explanation and the offer durus regarding the Quran. We will learn any of the surahs, many different surahs, make a focus as the al Fatiha. And also learn some of the usul of tafsir. And some of the principles of tafsir that will help you again to understand any better the Quran and to appreciate the greatness of the Qur'an. وَصَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَىٰ أَلِهِ وَصْحَابِهِ